0: Oh now now it's payback time, isn't it? Oh payback. (laughs) Up, Josh. <laughs> Welcome to the Metacast. Hey, Bob. Started is that off. your line? What? Well, no,
1: you've got it now, buddy. Welcome Let's to roll. the Metacast.
0: I'm Bob Galen, and I'm Josh Anderson, and we're in beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. I
1: wouldn't say downtown.
0: Oh, we're by the lake in Cary. We are
1: by a lake in Cary. A lake, a nice lake in Cary. Marble Pond.
0: All oh, right. That's you have, to, you have to be precise. Okay, <laughs> Mr. QA. Let's be precise. Uh, so good morning, everyone. It's early in the morning. First thing, Josh just came in. Um, we're at. Bobby's been up for hours. I've been up for hours, <laughs> and you can tell I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit wired. Maybe a little bit too much <laughs> coffee this morning. Just, just a dad. Um, what are we going to talk about today, Josh?
1: We're going to revisit safe. We talked about it. We, Many beat, we ago.
0: beat. this dog though. Up, didn't you we? beat it. I beat the dog. You beat it. I didn't oh, you didn't. You not have. Con- you didn't have. Yeah, I didn't have. Confidence. So, what's changed between then and now?
1: I spent the last two days in safe training.
0: So you were like, you were super safer, or something like like you are.
1: I I, I attended safe training. All right. This is
0: leading safe. That's leading you. safe. Yeah. Leading safe. You know, I think there's different. Variations. There's different. There's different classes. But that's a, that's a two day class. Cool.
1: Yes. So what? How? What were your reactions? So, given our talks before, and a, a dear friend of mine had a very strong opinion about them, I walked into it expecting to be frustrated the whole time. And you weren't. I was pleasantly surprised.
0: Oh my god! So the Metacasters. I think. I think an alien just. Took over his body.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the thing that I've been wrestling with over the past 12 hours since I knew this Metacast and topic was coming was, was it the presentation of Safe by the instructor that I'm not sure fully drank the Kool-Aid, so I think he did a fair job of bouncing back and forth. Who taught it? Do you know who taught it? Uh, Greg. Greg. I do not remember his last name. Frazier? I believe so.
0: Oh, he's from Raleigh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Ponytail? Yeah. Okay, Greg, sort of robust body Greg, Ponytail, mm-hmm. Frazier. Yeah, Greg, Greg... He's a coach at Raleigh.
1: Greg did a good job of teaching to the slides, but also stepping outside of the slides and saying, here's how I believe it's applied practically. In fact, what set the class off on a good foot was that he was talking to everybody that was there and the companies that they were, and right out of the gate he said, I'm not sure the dude's ready for SAFE. Which I was like, well, okay, that's kind of cool, because he recognized that we're too small for all of that rigor, and there's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot that I even challenged him on the second day that it feels like we're just, so the, the, the PI, the planning or program increments that felt very waterfall-y to me. That, hey, we're going to plan three months' worth of work. Like, how's this not waterfall? Instead of a nine-month, we're doing it in three months. How's that better? And he's like, well, you're doing it in three months instead of nine months, you know. Um, So there was a lot around that. But that's
0: a refreshing comment for for someone. So that that actually explains a little bit of your reaction to me because Greg has a lot of coaching experience Mm -hmm. from my point of view. And uh, he's also sort of a... He's not going to follow the the breadcrumbs. He's gonna. He's a pragmatist. Yeah. And and so you got a good dose of that in the class. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine a lot of safe instructors are going to tell you, I don't think this is for the dude. Even right. though that's the right. I think that's actually. You and mm-hmm. I've had that discussion. Correct. Yeah. That's that's a, Oh damn! I wish you would have gotten like one of these hardcore SAFERS. So you had an easy ride.
1: Yeah. I, it was a useful.
0: Class. I um, want, uh, there, not that I wanted it to be unuseful, but I wanted you. Yeah. Be, no, I wanted. Wanted me to be fired up coming out of there with I, my I, hair on w- fire. I wanted your hair to be on fire, yeah. but no. But he softened it. So, so there's a lot. You know, you could have gotten another safe instructor, and your hair would have been on fire, right?
1: Which is what I was prepared for. That's yeah. what I was expecting and ready walking into. Now there's there's two sides coming out of that. Um, the thing that I walked away with. He started the second day asking what stuck with us and what we were still unclear of, like, what was still fuzzy. The thing that struck me the most that I haven't seen done well enough in other places I've been was the initial portion of the program increment where the business stands up and says, this is the strategic direction we're going. Right. That's the thing that I really liked and appreciate with that and I thought would add value because the problem I've seen is that each scrum team gets lost in their own little world because they're so focused on this sprint that they're in and the next couple that are coming up that right. that they don't and that they don't have the time to take the step back and say how does this attach to our long-term strategic direction? And I believe that a good product owner does that, but still they end up doing that in the context of that team. The team. So I really appreciated the fact that whoever owns product and, and strategy at some regular increment steps up and says, this is the direction we're going. I've tried to fill in those gaps for my teams over the past couple of years, but that's something I think would add value. And that's not a safe thing, right? That's... SAFE has that, but we don't have to Scrubs, be SAFE
0: to you, do that. You can use Scrum. I've used Scrum and Scrums for that and release planning for that. The other thing is it's not just someone steps up. They're taking it from the portfolio. So they pre-planned it to some degree. They, pre- right. they pre-validated, they pre-prioritized it. So they've thought about ROI and valuation at a higher level. So that stuff that's getting into the team in a PSI planning session is not just someone didn't just think of it the night before and throw yeah. it on PowerPoint slides. Yeah. Well, they could have, but right. hopefully, if it's done well, that's come through the portfolio. That's a thoughtful stream of epics with a thoughtful stream of architecture. Then, and as someone has said, this is a you know this is a valid chunk to then what present to the team. I mm-hmm. guess. So, have you ever done release planning? And I'm not this, this is not a trick question. Right, right. right. I, I'm not joking or anything. I, I mean, have you ever done it? I don't know if you've done it.
1: At my last job, we tried to a little bit, but we had so much volatility around strategic direction that it proved useless.
0: At Teradata or... At Step Leader. At step, so at Teradata, you didn't do it.
1: No, it was handed down from it above. It was handed
0: down from above. Yeah. So in Step Leader, you were small. Mm-hmm. So so release planning to me, I mean, you can do it with a team, but it sort of loses its... So, so at some point, we ought to do... Solid release planning. So you could call it PSI, you could call it release train planning or or PSI planning from a safe perspective, or you could just call it good old fashioned release planning. Uh, But to your point, it's not just that the leaders are talking about the vision. Uh, The shared understanding that multiple teams get about the work. Is is freaking cool. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't describe to right. you this big picture. And I know you don't like three months or whatever. Yeah. It's, I know you don't like the length right. of it. So I'm I'm not trying to get stuck on that. But the shared freaking understanding of like ten teams mm-hmm. that you can get really quickly of what it is, and it's not just shared understanding of the team, but the product. Folks are sitting there listening to the team react to what they were looking for, right? And getting that insight of how big it is, or how you know how much they can get in or not. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Now, say formalizes that, and they have what? What is it? Two days or something? They have a. It's a. It's a ceremony. Yeah. It's a two-day ceremony. That's the PI. Yeah. It's the program yeah. It's a potentially. Program. It's a potentially shippable increment. You and they actually, you know, sort of dictate what two days of planning. Yeah. You can shorten that, um, but.
1: Yeah. The 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 other thing. So as you correctly noted that the length of the PI, normally five sprints to three months, seemed like the, the variation. They're pretty the prescriptive
0: on, they're pretty, pre- again, I'm not picking Metacasters, I mean, I'm, it may sound like I am, but I'm actually, these are accurate numbers, I mean, when I say they're prescriptive, mm-hmm. the, the, the the number of sprints is relatively what, four to five two-week sprints, Yeah. so, I mean, you can do what you want, but they're pretty prescriptive as to what that is.
1: Yeah, the so, the one thing that Greg quickly addressed was that if you're doing it well, those boundaries are not where you ship, that you should ship continuously throughout that three month plan. Because that's where initially he said that, I'm like, holy crap, that's just a bad plan and we're back to we're scrum or fall, essentially, We're like in the middle, it's kinda of like Mongo. Mongo wants to be non relational. See, I think I think I think Greg comment.
0: I think Greg was too soft. That's not see that bothers me, yeah,
1: it's on the it's on the chart <laughs> yeah. it's on the chart where it says release on 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 demand, so and that's how I would operate it, yeah i I would be okay with we have these planning chunks, and one thing that he and I spent a fair amount of time talking about on the second day is the potential waste that is there for doing the grooming and refinement of all your stories for three months when halfway through you might realize the stories you groom for the second half might not be the right thing to do or you groom them incorrectly. And I view that there's a high likelihood of waste. And he said, yes, that's just a trade-off that you have to make. So I, I wasn't really comfortable with that because there was this there was this epic chart where it showed we're 43 percent done with this epic and 20 percent done with this epic I'm like how do you know that well let
0: me let me be clear about what I was saying independent of what the chart says and I'm not trying to be an ass but but 90% or more of the people who are implementing safe are implementing trains right right they're not doing continuous deployment they're, you know how often does
1: the train leave the station the
0: the tra- Quarterly,
1: right, and that's a mistake in my view.
0: That's fine. That's fine. What, I, what I'm saying is, safe. He gave you. He gave you wiggle room. I'm saying he may have amplified that wiggle room a little bit more. Like the guidance that folks get, they really want. They really emphasize that you, you, you build within trains.
1: So, 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 Greg sold it as a framework, not as a prescriptive solution to everything. Are other instructors teaching it in that manner, or not?
0: It's how you frame it, it's how you soften it. A lot of folks in organizations, I mean, you're the flexible guy so you look at it and say I can do continuous deployment. Right. 90% of the project managers of the world are going to put what their blinders on and yeah. say this is a train. I'm not saying, so SAFE can be interpreted, but let's look at the, let's be honest about the real world interpretation yeah. of SAFE, That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. People, whether the chart says it or not. Now, a lot of the instructors are a little firmer with that. Like when I took my training, they did not amplify continuous deployment at all. Right. They amplified the train. They right. amplified psi. We had no waste discussion, and I was actually getting trained to train the class that you were in. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I'm not saying Greg lied or anything. I, I think what he did is probably to his credit. He softened it to his audience. Right. right. He he made it. He he made it real for you guys.
1: Yeah, so the the, uh, one thing that actually at lunch yesterday on day two, I was sitting next to Greg and we were talking. I said, you know, this course has been good and it's been bad. There have been some, some spots where for the executives that were in the room, it was good to hear and good to understand how it could and should work and just agile basics, right? That's something that can't be heard enough. I agree. The bad part was I said, I've got some work to unravel some of the things that have been said because not everything's appropriate for us, you know. So the problem with the prescription is that people will put their blinders on, and that's the fear that I have with that is that we can't just take it word for word and apply it to how we work. That's the danger
0: of SAFE. The danger of SAFE is they say it's a framework. But, you know, people said Rupp was a framework. How many people, if you've ever seen the Rational Unified Process in action, same guy. Right. Dean Leffing was the same guy. So, yeah, it's a framework. Com- you know, com- did anyone say no common sense? No. Common sense can be applied. But is it applied? No. Right. <laughs> right? It's, it's applied as sort of this, it's it's sort of as a rigorous framework. Uh, I mean, as a non-framework. it's in, it's, it's not flexible.
1: So, the way I look at it, as I just Are you guys compare. going to adopt it? Do you think? Um, because you, I don't think we're going to adopt Safe. Like if you, it, yeah. So no, I don't think it's the appropriate... I think the intent of Safe is good. Just like I thought the intent of XP was good. The intent of Scrum is good. But what we've done and what I've done in the past is take the bits and pieces from each of those. That's why we're a little A shop. We're not a big A. So that's yeah. the that's the fear is Safe. You know, agile with a big A is there. Is that the thing that I always fight for is to keep agile as a little A instead of a big A and pull the pieces that make sense for us. I mean, so I would agree. I'm going to fight like crazy for us not to blindly adopt it. I, I think that's a bad move. Even Greg said it's not the right move. Yeah,
0: I would. I would agree. It, it's it. And leadership folks get really the other phenomenon. That, and you've heard me say this is that everyone focuses on those upper two tiers and they, and they forget the team sometimes. And right. you're, now, you're not going to forget your team's here, right. but the people out in the SAFE community, they focus on portfolio, they focus on the valuation side of things, they, they trivialize the team side, and I think that's a misfocus as well. So
1: what I've said is that in many places, and I'll use the dude as an example, the team layer is going to run fine. We're going to hire people that want to work in an agile manner. They're going to figure it out. They're going to sprint well. They're going to execute well. Everything that happens above that is going to set the ceiling on our success for the for the adoption of agile. Can the rest of the organization consume what we're generating every sprint? Can the rest of generate can the rest of the organization operate in an agile manner or will everything else be waterfall that we're running scrum underneath it? Let me
0: disagree with you slightly. Okay. That say you adopt safe here, mm-hmm. you fully adopt safe at the dude. Two years from now you leave, mm-hmm. and someone comes in that doesn't have your passion for agile and your understanding of good agile. Right, because you're going to be the protector of the team. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not blowing you out of proportion, yeah. but, no, but right. you're going to be the protector of the team. Safe is not the protector of the team. Safe sort of says, don't worry if you're prioritizing the focus. I, you know, at an organizational level, you're focusing upward, not downward, at a team level. Josh leaves the building. So, uh, you know, a half competent Josh comes in, mm-hmm. who succumbs to save, and who is feeding what? Who is feeding portfolio? So they're feeding the project managers. They're feeding the metrics. They're right. feeding the leaders. And they're forgetting to feed the team. You would never do that. Right? Safe is can be a bad option in that. I, I've I've actually seen that happen where there are no Joshes. I see your point. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's you, you have to be really careful. Uh, you, and 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 safe almost implies where do you put your sort of impetus? That a lot of times when you're adopting, you put your impetus upward to the project managers. Mm-hmm. They get real perky about it, but they can forget the team. Right. So that's so you're different that way. I mm-hmm. would I would agree. Anything else on safe? So, what about what about uh, normalized velocity? Or, or so, what, that's something or that what we've actually
1: been talking about. Is, is, um, so you're you're going to normalize your this, velocity? We talked about this a little bit in one of the past. John, who are you? Would, would you let me finish? Jeez. Metacasters, you know how hard this is to do this with Bob Galen.
0: It is. <laughs> it is. Maybe we should stop. <laughs> Maybe you should stop the agony.
1: We've come this far. We're like 60-plus now. We can't stop now. I know. So the we talked about this in Metacast minus one and minus two in the past, um, that as a corporation, we define metrics for performance, and I've been pushing there's not individual metrics in the Agile there's the team metric. There's no, you can't, as soon as you start to measure individuals separately, then they're going to do what's best for them, not what's best for the team. Correct. So we're over that hurdle. What I've been pushing is a reliable velocity. Originally, I said consistent. And what I want is reliable where we're within some norm, but I want us to have the flexibility to, try something new and miss or try something new and have an amazing outcome when you aim for what i term a consistent velocity you don't do that so you have the team you do 50 points every time and they're afraid to do anything that may prevent them so we had that
0: conversation we did so safe says if you have i'll be clear if you have 10 teams it, it says that they should all predict the same way
1: Oh yeah, we talked about that a little bit.
0: It, it's it's clear and safe, so it's not. I don't, again, I don't know how so, I don't know how soft Greg made it, but it's it's like you dictate. So that that nuance, the story points are unique per team. Mm-hmm. It goes away. You predict. So you would have twenty. You would you would force the teams. I'm being a little exaggerated, but you would force the teams to have exactly the same points and exactly the same velocity and estimates across all ten teams so that you could have an easy job of forecasting. Yeah, the way that I'd like to solve that problem, and Greg
1: and I actually talked about, is having a different unit of measure outside of the user story. So upstream, everything else is a T-shirt sizing. So that way there's no direct mapping, and the story points, how the teams do that, really doesn't matter.
0: But are you going to force the teams to say the same numbers? No. Okay. Okay.
1: I think over a period of years... They would normalize just a group of people doing the same kind of work. There may be some cross-pollination. They're sitting next to each other. They're talking. I think over a period of probably five years with the same group of people, I think they, get would, close. they would migrate towards one answer. But I'm not worried about that. To me, that trying to get there adds zero value.
0: He, he didn't emphasize enough stuff. Your hair would have been on, I mean, literally what, what safe was. Uh, he, I have to talk to Greg. He's t- too soft. Literally, it's like an 8-point. I can go to 10 teams and give... I should be able to go to 10 teams and show them an 8-point story. Let's say I predisposed it to be an 8-point story and I should get 8 points from 10 teams. Uh, I, I should, And then they should deliver it to 8 points. So their velocity, their, their estimates, and their actuals should be relatively the same. I.e., you're really trying to force the teams to, to b- basically be a single team. That's one of the things that folks have a lot of. A lot of agile folks react poorly to that. You know mm-hmm. that based on my right. definition of what point estimation and planning poker. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, teams, to your point, I've seen teams naturally get closer. Organizations, for yeah. Organizations yeah. get a little bit closer over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that that's this natural thing that's happened as you're sharing people from team to team as they gain experience and stuff. But say it forces it. And they force it because of for, for portfolio planning. That's what they want. I mean, that, that, that's the reason yeah. it, it becomes it becomes hard. It's very hard in natural agile shops to do release forecasting in with multiple teams, right? Again, at scale, mm-hmm. it's it's an at scale problem, not a one or two team problem. He, he was too soft,
1: or maybe he was appropriate, right? Maybe his experiences with safe the framework. Have led him towards a altered view of what's an appropriate well, so let me application.
0: L- let me say this in another way: you uh, you didn't take a test; you weren't. This was not a certification.
1: There is a certification test that I could take if I wanted to. That was part of the course.
0: Yeah, you should. You should probably consider taking that. Why? Because I think the questions and the answers would be just to make me mad. I think that, no. I actually think so. I think he could have over-softened it. And and giving you all this wiggle room, and I think the answers are more precise. Right,
1: but the right answer is the wiggle room. Like, I don't understand, from from SAFE's perspective, there is no wiggle room. But I'm not worried about SAFE's perspective. I'm worried about our perspective. And to me, the wiggle room is appropriate. Having a framework of suggestions is the right answer, not a prescriptive solution. That's not a silver bullet that's going to
0: solve all of our problems. SAFE prescribes that. That's fine, okay. but we're not
1: going okay. to adopt safe blindly.
0: That's that's fine. You would, right? What, there, so there's going to be a hundred thousand people listening to us on the metacast, right? Not everyone is going to have your wisdom and your experience, so they're going to be looking at safe from a book perspective, and they're going to be saying, "What do I? What do I do?" And they're going to follow safe, and that's that's what
1: I don't think at any point have we said that you should follow safe blindly during this talk. In fact, let's just explicitly say it. I don't think you should blindly follow But safe. I think
0: SAFE says that, and Greg maybe didn't say that. That's what I'm saying. And the test says that. Certifications tests say that. Maybe I'm being obtuse, but in order for you to get the certificate, you would fail. If you answered the questions with wiggle room.
1: That's fine. I'm not planning to take you, <laughs> Not you. Not you.
0: It's it's how we... So, yes, let's come back to what are we recommending. Okay. I, I'm trying to draw the distinction. What is SAFE? Actually, in your discussion, you're applying your wiggle room to SAFE. I'm trying to draw the distinction between what is SAFE and how is it marketed and how is it taught. <laughs> and, right. and clearly, Greg taught it flexibly, and I'll give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not everyone teaches it that way. Right. And then how, what do you do with SAFE? What would we recommend? You and I, as Medicasters, we right. have some expertise. So I'm, I'm, I'm oscillating back and forth. So, Safe says aggregate your velocity. Yeah. Do we think that's a good idea? No. No, I don't think that's a good idea. That's one of my burning points, you know, with that. save has a single valuation. What's the formula? There's a, there's a valuation formula for evaluating epics or something. The they, they, work they small, work WJS. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way that you evaluate stories in Safe. Uh, at what, what, least recent job whatever the yeah. heck it is, right? Uh, is that the only, so I'm a product owner guy I written a book about this, this stuff is that the only way to prioritize your backlog? I would say, so Safe says it is. Right. Safe says prioritize everything using that algorithm. I would say no, prioritize I mean you can use that, that's an insightful algorithm, but prioritize based on your customers, prioritize right. based on your business model, whatever so there's things like that uh, but safe is—it's not as flexible out in the way. It's not presented that way. That's the danger of the thing. I think because there people
1: don't want a flexible solution, they want tell me how to do everything. So some
0: people want that, and some people don't know. Right. Some people just flat out freaking don't have the experience. So there's some people that want a framework and a malicious like they buy a tool. Get, let's go buy version one, right. and I'll follow version one, and it's good because I don't have to engage my brain. I think there's some people that go to safe that way. And they're looking for an easy way out. Very often in my experience those are sort of senior leadership kind of folks that may be looking for silver bullets. Right. But then there's a whole raft of people like a company like to,
1: I was a decade ago. Yeah. I they, just didn't know. You didn't know
0: and they right. and then you get sent to safe training and it's like, Well crap, what do I do? Right. And and it's just as bad in those cases because you don't you don't have the experience to make the, the calls. Uh, So I think there is things like that, like, uh, you know, PSI planning, to your point, how can you dovetail continuous delivery in there? I think, so Safe would, not that it says Danger Will Robinson, but it doesn't encourage it, in my experience, it doesn't really, it encourages release boundaries on the train, much more so than anything else. Because, again, the planning would be difficult. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you are release everything, so the portfolio stuff falls into your release trains. Right, but Very much all of that is triggered off of the, what, the windows of the trains at large institutions. So you and I are saying, though, maybe ignore that mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. I wonder if there's a list of things we could come out and say, these are the flex points for SAVE. Could you do I that? I think
1: the whole thing is a flex point. Really? Uh, to, well, so when I look at frameworks like that, to me having spent X number of years in Agile, and 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 when I first learned about Scrum, I was adopting Scrum blindly, right? Like, okay, this is how we do it. This solves my problems. If we do everything like this, we're going to be better. You know, then I stepped back and learned about the view of it as a framework, and you find the pieces that work for you, and you find the pieces of XP that work for you, and you find the pieces of framework XYZ that work for you, and, and apply that in making them your own. So before I discovered that, I did the same thing with Scrum. right? So I understand where you're coming from. But I view every framework out there be it safe, be it Scrum be it XP, be it the Spotify model which I love and have adopted a lot of um, you don't adopt it blindly. So to me that's the biggest thing is everything's variable. What's right for you? If we have one or two teams, do we need the full PI, the two day thing? No. If we have five teams, do we need it? No. Greg said that he thinks it works best for between five and 12 teams. And even and if you're at five, does that mean you automatically jump to safe? No. It means you look at it and say, does it make do parts of it make sense for us? Do we step into it? And that's one thing that I was pushing very hard with the group of us that was there is if we adopt this, we need to adopt the simple pieces first and evolve it. Let's not blindly jump into the deep end. Let's evolve and figure out what steps make sense for us first. Right. Like we should not go whole hog and do it to the T. Right. If we do, we're going to fail. We're just in inviting overhead into our process.
0: So, what would you do? I hear you. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sort of disagreeing right. with you at all. But you, in your brain, in that, in that, quite, you know, quite all encompassing skull of yours. <laughs> you have this huge, you you have ex- a very nice
1: way of saying fat head.
0: No, you have experience. <laughs> right. You have experience. Right. You and you not only that, you have and I'm not you have common sense. You have experience and then you have a common sensible approach to to attacking technical stuff, which mm-hmm. not everyone has. Mm-hmm. And you're people centered. That's you. Right. Now forget that. Erase that for just a second. What would you do if you didn't have a clue and you encountered safe? Because it's easy to say, I mean, there's a poor, the poor schmucks on the Medicast that say they have very little schmucks. The poor people. <laughs> Way too no, no, no. endear our I, listeners. I, I, I don't mean that. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm really, what I'm saying is the, poor, the folks that aren't you, because we have to talk not only from our own perspective, right. but to to the spectrum of people, what do they do if they don't know what's the simple thing versus the hard thing? What do they do?
1: Well, I think if you look at SAFE and you look at the chart, there is no simple part of SAFE. It's a... Mat- like, their big chart... That's what I'm, that's with what I'm saying. ...with three layers, there, there, there is no simple start. So, I see what you're saying. With... With experience, I can peel out simple pieces we should implement that may add value. And they're right on. And, and, and we'll try
0: that. And and you also know, you also have the courage and the, I don't know, the, the awareness to say this isn't working. You'll detect it quickly and then you'll move away from it. Right. So it's not just what you pick, it's what you peel away as well. Right. Or how do you iterate that? And you just nailed my point. You said there's this huge picture. Right. And it's pretty complex. Right. So, so that's how do folks attack that? And I don't have a hidden answer. Right. It's My heart so goes out to these people. I think
1: 95% of the companies out there, folks that are going to be listening to this, don't need SAFE. It's too much for what they need. It's too much for what we need to do.
0: They're probably not ready for even. Even if you have the size, I'm almost, I'm kind of agreeing with you. Even if you have the scope, you're in the sweet spot, 5 to 12 teams. Right. If you, or 5 to 12, whatever it is. I, I don't even know if you have the ability to figure out how to attack it. Right. And so, and not make and make few mistakes, right? As opposed to you know, as, as opposed to just adopting it blindly. That's my concern. So you you really do come back to, don't don't yeah, do don't, it. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't.
1: I would. It, it's adopting agile in any manner is hard enough, and then if you add the complexity of safe on top of that, you're going to double your likelihood. Amen. Of
0: I like that. I wasn't looking for that, but right. that that's a good way. That's something I want to leave. And I apologize, Metacasters, with my schmuck comment. <laughs> I feel bad. That's not what I wanted. What I'm saying, what I was really trying to say is, I think, I think a lot of folks aren't like us. that We have experience. A lot of folks are like struggling with, you know, small bits of experience. And then here, and you have nailed it, Agile is hard enough as it is to get a balance. Then we bring what? The Mount Rushmore of frameworks to bear. Right and and it sort of trivializes it's like go safe here it is i have a client josh that has put that damn picture in, like in the men's rooms in the in the bathrooms and that picture is everywhere in their buildings uh and every answer is you know if you ask them a question it's like they point to save. and they're not they're not stupid people right but they're 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 caught up in they're going agile, and they're in the middle of agile is hard enough. They're exactly where you're at, and suddenly they get this silver bullet. And I don't even know if it's safe's fault. It's, it isn't safe isn't bad, but it's like, are you ready for it? Are you you know are you in a position to really make those decisions? I think safe's only for the the really experienced folks, from mm-hmm. my point of view. Like if you really have, yeah, I, a very
1: well-formed group of individuals that understand Agile completely. In
0: different environments even. They, they've they come from a few companies. Mm-hmm. They've done it in a few places. If you haven't done that, and I'm not saying this from a self-servant, get a coach and then trust them. Mm-hmm. So if you either have the experience and you can leverage SAFE or you don't have the experience and don't get a SAFE consultant that only knows SAFE, get a solid Agile coach to help you and listen to them. But in either way, otherwise stay away from it to some degree. Cool. We've beat it down. It's not that it's... but I mean, you came away. It's not... there's like I love release trains. I've been doing release trains for 10 freaking years or more. And I've historically
1: fought the concept of a release train because of my fear of that says you can only get off the train when you reach the final station. But if you add multiple stations along the way, I think there's hope for it. So that, that's that's everything that I'm pushing here is that we have to move to a shorter release cycle. Where I, without knowing it, I use the analogy of a train of like, hey, the train's coming in two weeks. You can catch it then. You well, know, I didn't. There's apply two.
0: It. So, there's two sides of the train. I was in a class. I I, I was I was at the conference. And someone was talking about last, this week. And someone was talking about they could configure their features in production, and this was a testing conference. And they were—I forget what they called it—but uh, experiments. Mm-hmm. They actually, which was cool. So they—they had—they were—they weren't very experienced in some of their agile practices, but apparently they had this ability to turn on experiments in production to test them. Mm-hmm. My assumption is the experiments weren't visible to real clients, right? Right. So that they could—they could run these things, but that's sort of that. That's it. There's two sides to the release train. You, you often focus on it from the release engineering side, mm-hmm. like that side. But what does the customer side look like? Right. Right. And you may not, you may have different tempos. Like what are, what are we releasing for internal consumption? Like if you're eating your own adult food versus when are you releasing? Uh, and you know, not everyone can consume the Facebook model of right. continuous deployment, but look at the train. That train is you could, on both sides of the train, you can have different, exposure models, like the experiment thing that this guy was talking about. I thought that was very cool. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure they could expose an experiment to a client or two. So that's and they, then they can turn it off. So they can completely they probably had to design a framework for that, but they can turn things on and off, you know, sort of really readily. Right. And that was neat to me. Cool. Anything more on SAFE?
1: No. I think we've covered it. Feedback would be good from folks. We'd love to hear your view of Safe. If you're doing Safe, what's working, what's not. If you're investigating safe, why anything and everything would be useful for us to hear, and we'd like to give it back to the community that's listening. Uh,
0: the thing, the thing with me is the what what does come through me is most of the coaches. So I I sort of participate in the CSE, the Scrum Coaching Community, and the training community. Probably eighty percent of it is anti-safe. Uh, so there's a, quite a few trainers that have mm-hmm. gone through training. Uh, some of them have actually refused to get the certification, so they've gone to training, but they've refused to do the cert right. just on principle. But it's you know some of the points we touched on uh, is it is I think the key some of the key elements of pushback. Uh, the other thing is this lack, and Safe doesn't say it, uh, but this is sort of implied lack of flexibility mm-hmm. that you have to you either adopt it. Like, like, it really, you adopt it, it all. It's an all or nothing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and any any good scrum coach worth their salt does really reacts pretty poorly to that. So you're at least hearing that. If you're hearing negativity from me, it's, it's that I still have. I've written a blog post uh, uh, I, that I think we made available to Metacast. Yeah, Actually, we can. We can re we can repost that link. Uh, there's a series of, of blogs I have I've done like two or three on safe. Uh, from a message, you know, pre-my pre, pre my training, post-my training. So that might augment this as well. I uh, I don't think we're saying it's terrible. It's just be mature enough to handle it. Right?
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's not right for most people. Yeah. It's too deep. You're jumping into the deep end before you can even doggy paddle.
0: Would it be another way to wrap this up to say, you know, I'd rather have the teams push for it than leadership push for it? Yeah. So, I think it's a danger sign. If your top-down leadership is, is strong safe, and your teams are sort of not so strong safe, then I'd say that might be a warning indicator that it might not be right for you. Whereas if guys like you, let's say you have an experience shop and the teams are like excited about the possibilities of it Mm -hmm. and then leadership aligns, that would be another positive. So I think it would be an alarming indicator. It's like
1: any adoption in the agile world. It's got to be on both ends. Yeah. If you have just one end, it's likely going to fail. You need top and bottom. Engaged. That was very
0: profound, Josh. I do what I can. No, no, you've had a couple. No, Metacasters, I think the profound stuff in this Metacast came from Josh Anderson.
1: That's nothing new, right? They're used to that. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we end the Metacast. Forget the shake and bake, we're done.
0: (laughs) So, with this Metacast... (laughs) I am bleeding. I am Bob (laughs) Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, (laughs) y'all.